ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between. Welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. My name is Jake, and I'm joined in the virtual studio by Sambo and Johnny. How are we, chaps? Good. 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 Doing doing very well. Had a had a pretty good day. What about you guys? Yeah, had a busy day at work. Ready. Got in back home in time for the pod, so I'm ready. Good. Perfect. Ready to go. You know, good, good, productive. Wrote a um, VFL men's preview the weekend look nice. ahead for tomorrow's game. Tomorrow morning, the VFL men take on the Brisbane Lions uh, up in Queensland at 11.05 a.m. So you can watch that, I think, on the AFL website. I don't think it's a Channel 7 coverage game. So if you want to check that out, actually, it's a free read um there's a podcast version of that you can check out if you're a patreon subscriber three dollars fifty us per month for extended and video versions of our podcasts plus vfl coverage so yeah you can check the written vfl preview out for free if you go on over to twitter and if you want to listen to the podcast version sign up for the patreon um three former cats playing in the vfl game against Geelong. You've got Darcy Fort, the Ruckman, Wiley Buzzer, who used to be a Ford down at the Cattery, and Nakaya Cockatoo will all line up in the VFL. And I think there's at least, what, Lincoln McCarthy in the AFL men's yeah. game as well. So a bit of um, shared personnel, at least uh, in one direction. So that's what we're here to do, chaps. Here to preview Cats v Lions, the AFL version um, of the fixture. But first off, Johnny, we have to say you've upgraded your background in the past and now Sam has joined the party with, uh, as said, only life. the video people will know. Um, Sambo has now, he's installed shelves and there's comic right. books. There's, uh, what, what, what is the appropriate the, term? Statuettes, action figures, whatever, you, whatever you like. Yeah. If I, if I <laughs> tilt up there, you can see the, that's Look at that. Almost, almost at gets that. all the way to the top shelf. That's the, the Dragon Ball Shrine up here, and then the comics down there. Yes. Which there's another two shelves below the, the, the camera line side. Yeah. Sensational. Put a, put a bit of work and a little, little bit of money into it. But... <laughs> <laughs> did you, you, did you do a count this. of how many comics you actually have? I didn't. I can't count that high. I was, I was <laughs> homeschooled. <laughs> more, more than 50. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, so it's above 10. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Looks like hundreds there, to be honest. Uh, yeah, no, it's it nice. Be. Nice. It and be. and the video consumers will also know that Sam rocking an almost Oshin Mullen-esque man bun at the back there. Mm. Yeah, well, I, I think he rocks a me-esque man bun. Yes, all right. that's what <laughs> <we're saying. laughs> Yeah. <laughs> let's let's if if there's one benefit to being older it's just that you can at least claim to have done things first before before true. all these young exactly. snappers out there on the field you know exactly. even if it's not true by sheer law of you know averages it's it's possible that i did it first <laughs> sam playing the <laughs> age card right, right off the bat um no it's it's good i don't know if your hair is quite as long as ocean no we saw look at him not. unfill the bit <laughs> i have no idea i don't know how he tucks good. all of that up in there my hair's about say, half as long like, and i can't keep it <laughs> can't keep it controlled. <laughs> and especially how lush and shiny the rock team must spend a good portion of his morning looking after it, that hair because it looked 
absolutely sensational. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Not 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 a knot in sight, not a tangle. No. Um, it might have been after training, maybe, but yeah, no, it was it was a flowing um a main a flowing set of blocks. Yes. A main, John. A main. Um speaking of main, let's get to the main thing. The cats oh! the lions. What a transition. What a transition. What a segue. Says in the segue. Twitter bio, premium winning podcast. And that's why. Uh, <laughs> the Cats v. The Lions, week 19. John's drinking because it's all just too much. John's Do you think drinking. we've peaked as a podcast? I just got a phone call through my computer. I've never had that before. Oh, did you? I didn't... Yeah. Do you I think we're sure peaked? that's going to be coming through? Have we video. hit the peak? As a pod, do you think it's only downhill from here or do you think God, we're still not. on an upward trajectory? <laughs> no, we're still on an upward trajectory, absolutely. Yeah. If this is our peak, yeah. then yeah. fuck. What's going to happen from here on out? Now we still yeah. got a long way. No, I agree. Like, like this Cats I... team this year, they've still got a long way to go. They're still building. Still building. Speaking of transitions, um want to start off this preview by reflecting on the fact that the last time we played Brisbane was the prelim final. Absolute smashing result for the Cats last year. Smashing. It felt smashing, man. Uh, it felt a little <laughs> bit like a, um, we just need Sam's Donny impression now. Um, I've lost <laughs> I'll have to go and practice in front of the mirror a few times before I yeah. bring that on the yeah. Um, the Cats, it felt like a, a coronation before the coronation, that that prelim against Brisbane after the arm wrestle. It was probably the best game of the final series, I would have said, if you were a neutral supporter, was Collingwood and Geelong. Mm. Um, to then have, you know, the, the, the Cats just steamroll Brisbane and from there, the grand final, although you didn't want to, think it out loud it did feel like just totally there for the taking after the way we'd played through those two two games so do you chaps have any yeah like recollections feelings about the last time we took on brisbane i remember danger opening like a joy. house on fire just utter joy at seeing mm. the cats just push aside the lines like there were nothing and knowing probably from after that last that first quarter Thinking, shit, this is this is the year. It's going to happen. I, I, yeah. I truly did believe that after the, well, even after the Collingwood game, I was like, there's no way the Cats going to lose the grand final. Yeah, and just that Brisbane Lions game was, yeah, it was just a poetry in motion, except for the unfortunate injury to Max Holmes. I think that was one part mm. that really made the night pretty bitter. One of those bittersweet yeah. endings to the game, but. Yeah, it's just because we watched it all, all together at a terrific night, enjoyed every moment of it, and yeah, it was just fantastic, fantastic way to get into a grand final and knock off those little lions who think mm. they can play. Mm. Yeah, it really was. It really was like a, I don't know, it felt like the last real test. Um, mm. And I know it was right before the grand final. So, of course, it was the. <laughs> but even compared to the grand final itself, it felt like the, you know, we were all pretty sure, even though we probably didn't talk about it out loud too much, um, 
and I remember we all watched it at my place. Remember in, in the yeah in, in the mm. lounge room there. Um, and kids stayed drew, up the whole game. I think didn't yeah they? yeah the kids kids were up um uh just playing playing with cars and so in the middle of all of us like <laughs> circled around the TV. <laughs> um, and I I just rem- I do I remember a specific moment a um just a very quintessential Jake kind of pose where Jake was standing up. A few of us were standing up because we couldn't be. And Jake was standing up with his arms crossed, but with one hand like 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 this, you know, one one hand on on, yeah. on the face, out of nerves. And there was I think it might have been a ca- a Cameron goal at a certain point. And I it was before it was before a real any real like out and out celebrations. But I just remember Jake turning and kind of raising the eyebrows. Like like none of us mm. would say anything, but it was just the kind of like, oh we might be on here. <laughs> <laughs> mm. that's it's 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 yeah that was a very a really really uh iconic moment that's that stuck with me where we all it felt like we were all really finally 100 percent accepting so, of of fate my other could tell clear memory of that night yeah. is the first bounce where um lucky neil gets it and he goes hey oh, early statement by neil takes the mark and then yeah continues to play on pass it to Patrick Dangerfield who slots the opening goal and I was like that's yeah. that's still replays in my mind basically nearly every day of just a fantastic moment. It took us it took us a while to stop using that quote yeah. uh, throughout the game and just throughout yeah. the throughout the rest of the point. What a statement. Even this year. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at the um the the first three quarters against Brisbane and the first three quarters against Sydney in the finals series last year, because there was a little bit of junk time from Sydney in the grand final and a little bit of junk time from Brisbane in the last quarter as well. Um, we outscored the Swans and the Lions combined in the first three quarters of those games, 29-22-196 to nine goals, 5-59. Uh, so it was a fair, fair statement. Um, yeah. yeah, it's funny thinking back to those finals, and we should get into the, the, the game at hand, but it is nice to reminisce. It's simpler times. I, the, the grand final felt over, because it's funny, that Brisbane game, we were up 4-2-26 to two goals 12 at quarter time. So it was only 14 points, but then after the second quarter, we were up 49-19. to 19. After the third quarter, it was 95 to 32. Geelong scored seven goals, four to two goals, one in the third quarter. Um, so that one, we felt pretty good going in at halftime at 7 7 49 to 19, but the third quarter really put the finishing touches on it. The grand final, I felt most like, oh, holy crap, we're on. I reckon the first Isaac Smith goal. Mm. I know I think Hawkins yep. got the first two, I think it was, in the game. Yeah, the but the first one where Isaac Smith, you know, streamed through 50 and snagged one, I, I, I remember having a similar moment of us starting to celebrate and it felt like, I, I don't know, all, all the weight started to just shed that you have the anxiety into a grand final. I remember towards the end of that last the last couple of minutes of that first quarter of the grand final, it's like, oh, there's, there's absolutely nothing to worry about. It's it's just going to be our day. Um, so 
going to get into like team selection here. Cats going unchanged. I, I think that's the first the week first time this before. season. Yeah. yeah. Is Probably it the, the first, first time or like even last season? We, 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 yeah, we rested so many yeah. players. And then the year before that, we had so many injuries. So <laughs> I think this is yeah. the first time in three seasons. First time in our podcast that's an unchanged yeah. side. Um, it feels weird. Time. There's still time for that to change. You know, like late changes could be made. Um, but a good but, thing is we've got some pretty handy players to come in if there is a late change. Very handy. Mm. Well, it'll be interesting to watch, I suppose, the VFL game to see if anyone mm. gets held out because the VFL game is at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. The AFL game, not till 4.30 or whatever in the afternoon. So if there is going to be Maybe a change, you would be expecting to see someone yanked um, either before the VFL game or halfway through if, if you know, if you're really, you know, had, a, had an injury or something in training, you know, in the AFL or something. I'm surprised the, uh, there was no, you know, suggestions that the game sh- time should be moved to a more suitable time so more people could watch it. Yeah, I didn't have a look. Did you? Did you have a look, John, at the um, what other games are on tomorrow night? No. Like if ever, the, can... if ever, if ever there was a case to, it's just interesting, and I feel like this has happened a few yeah. times with Geelong and Brisbane going back throughout the years, where they've both been sort of up and about, and it's a Gabba game, and it's at four thirty in the afternoon, well, and it's kind of just a bit of a. There's shitty time slot. Port Adelaide and Collingwood at 7.40. That's a pretty big okay. game, yeah. So, That's fair okay. enough. And then the other one is only Sydney and Fremantle. So I think you could have... Yeah. I suppose the thinking is that that's a... That'd be the... Sydney and Freo would be... It's in New South Wales. So New South Wales audiences, yeah. the Vic audiences all want to watch Collingwood and Port. There's going to be so two. many tens of thousands of thousands of people that won't be able to watch this game because of the time. Well, I mean, John, if you're going to go there, why not move it away from the Gabba to the MCG exactly. where you could get an appropriate crowd? You know, I exactly. feel like you're locking out tens of thousands of, you know, Cats fans who would otherwise make it. I mean, for that matter, Sam can't watch why it not have it's, it's working. I'm going to miss a bit of the right. game because I'm working. You're going to miss part of the game as well because you're working. It's like, I know. Come on, AFL. No consideration here, John. There's a lot. We heard a lot no. from Essendon supporters about people being yeah. locked out of games last week. Fair's fair. Um, so the cats go in unchanged. Uh, Radagalia, Tui, uh, and Parfit, I saw, are all listed as playing in the VFL. So they're not getting like a rest. They're actually going to play play minutes. Uh, at least that's what the VFL team selection said. So that's a nice influx of AFL experience for the VFL team who are going up against a raging hot Brisbane team uh, in the secondary comp. Um, the question I would just ask, like, I think we, we know what the team is going in. I think we'd all agree. It's pretty reasonable. Teams played really well last week. I, di- I didn't see the need necessarily to make any changes myself. Um, but my question is now say that we're healthy again, say everybody sort of gets healthy, you know, within a couple of weeks and you're going into say play Collingwood. And you've got Cam Guthrie or something, you know, in the last couple of weeks of the season or the first final. Who misses out out of this team? 
do you think this is oh, the starting 23? Like I, I saw someone suggest that Cam Guthrie, he would, uh, I think it was someone on Twitter. I can never remember people's handles and names. I just remember reading the tweet saying if Cam Guthrie's healthy and everybody else is sort of as is now that he would take Ollie Henry out and bring Cam Guthrie back in. Um, it's really hard it's to tough. work out who comes out, who goes in. Because you got you have Bose to bring Cam Guthrie and, back in, don't you? You'd have to but take Bose. Probably you don't want to take. I wouldn't want to take Bruin out because he's getting into that no. really nice form and continues to play absolutely sensational and critical part of that midfield. And yeah, I think I agree. Sam sort of maybe take Bose out for a bit. I think Bose, because, you know, we talked about his game last week and he's been getting uh, better and, you know, he's building a little bit more game time and, Mm. and, you know, they love his versatility. The issue with, you know, being loved for your versatility is that you're not necessarily the most dominant or most proficient in any one area. Um, So I don't Mm -hmm. think you keep a role player like Cam Guthrie out for... A versatility like the beauty of Bose is he comes in for people that are injured, yeah, but I don't yeah. think you keep other people out <laughs> because you've got him in. So I, I think if any, I think if anything, what you would see is Cam Guthrie go in, O'Sheen Mullen probably gets dropped out of the sub position, yeah. and Bose yeah. goes in as the sub. Did, yeah, is yeah. Who, who's listed as the sub? Uh, O'Sheen uh, Mullen again. Yeah, Mullen. Yeah. Oh, okay. I believe if they've made no changes, it should be Mellon should yeah. be the sub unless one of the other emergencies gets called up. Yeah, because he's listed as playing in the VFL in, no. in, on, on the on the website, but that doesn't. Someone's so got to come you out. Said Every, radically on Tui are as well, right? And they're the just, emergen- yeah, the and listed emergencies are and... Menegola, Mullen, Tui, and Radically. So the only one that's yeah. not listed in his emergency is Parfit. Um, of so those, can you repeat that Mullen? So maybe Zach Tui might be the um, sub. <laughs> Classic. Classic delay. Sorry. That's all right. I'll, no, like, you're all right. All three of us start speaking at once it's, again. It's all three. <laughs> Mullen, Tui, Menegola, Radigalia are the emergencies. So this the official AFL website at the moment doesn't have any sub, sub listed. Um, no, let's take the guesses. First, the, the, cats, the Cats website, though, the Cats, when I looked yesterday, the Cats had Mullen listed as out because he's a sub and listed as in because he's a sub. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if... To, I, I'm going to say it's between Tui and Mullen as a sub. I'm saying it's between Mullen and Menegola. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd like to see Menegola in. I, I feel like if Tui is listed in the in the VFL, there's probably a reason. Like why why else would they do you know That's what I mean? True. Like he's he's a he's a player mm-hmm. that is generally always in. So if they you know they gave him a rest and now he's in the VFL, I do feel like he probably but I think I feel like they've done sub. this with him before, right? Earlier this year he was listed as not in and then he was listed as a sub and he ended up playing because some someone was mm-hmm. laid out, like Segler or someone was laid out and he came in. Be- be interested to see if he does play the VFL tomorrow. Maybe they pull him out late. Mm. That's what reasons. I mean. Like, so I just wonder if someone mm. will we'll, we'll know because one of those players at 11 o'clock won't line up in the VFL. They're not going to play VFL and then get pulled, 
you know, and then get pulled into yeah. the AFL side, we'll know someone won't play and we'll know who the sub is. Um, I'm going to try and watch yeah, that is. game. Yeah, it's interesting. He's really like dividing Cat's Twitter fan base. There's some people who really want to see him in. There's some people who sort of think that his time is, is gone. I'm, I've kind of got a foot in both camps. I think there's parts of his game that would be more suited to the way we play now than ever. And then parts of his game that would be more exposed in the way we play now more than ever. So I, I don't know I, what it all adds up to. It's kind of why I wouldn't mind seeing him for a half at AFL yeah. level or something before yeah. the season's out. So you kind of know, but they probably know internally anyway. Yeah. That's, that's all I was going to say was you, it would just be good to see him to know where he's at and how he fits into the side. But, you know, for the first time all year, it doesn't really feel like we've got any holes. So it, it's, you yeah. know, it's tough. To, to get a spot. The only hole we've got is, is Guthrie and, and, you know, we're doing pretty well without him. Um, so, uh, I don't think Managola is a real obvious, ah, oh, put him in there for Guthrie. Yeah. Kinda, you know, yeah. they're not, not really a like for like swap. So, uh, and I don't think he's got the versatility that Bose has that we just talked about. So no, I'd love to Are see you, him in there you... and he might blow your, blow everyone's socks off and you go, yeah, thank God. But mm. it's just, it's an odd end. It's a tough end of the year to try something like that. It is. You really would have liked him to be able to come in and have a run for a half against like North. Yeah. yeah. Or something. And that's a problem. But he right? probably Not... wasn't quite back to his best. Yeah. Is he at that point? Yeah. And that's the other thing is, is he up to the AFL speed and standard that you expect, which he may not be because VFL's. Obviously, he's dominating VFL, but that doesn't always translate mm. directly into AFL because it's a completely different scenario. So maybe next week against yeah. Fremantle, he might come in next week against Freo, bit of sub then. I, because... I like, so I've watched his last three games. Um, and I like when I've been writing about him, my, my kind of go to line is. The last two weeks, he's been back to his best, like the things you want to see Sam Menegola do, Sam Menegola is doing. But I don't know that if Sam Menegola's best is still in Geelong's best 23. Mm. And and obviously, it's harder for us to tell that because we're not watching training. So, mm. and, and all those sorts of things, they probably already know internally. It might be why he hasn't pushed back in yet, you know, because I probably thought two weeks ago, he looked like he was pretty much back in touch. Um, so, and but it's interesting because I don't think he was in consideration for the sub position last week off, off the top of my head. I feel like no. it was Dempsey, Mullen, and a number of other guys. I could be um, totally wrong. Um, Nevitt yeah. was one of them as well. Yeah, Nevitt was one of the su sub possibilities. Um, I'm really excited. I don't know about it, if we just spend a few minutes talking about this, like Mullen is like, I'm way out over my skis as to where I think he could like his potential. Like now I watch him and I don't just see like oh, a decent attacking halfback. I kind of go, Holy crap. Like the raw materials in terms of power, his build, his speed and that sort of thing. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I kind of wonder, could he play in the midfield? 
or something. I don't know about you boys, I, but I think so. I think he could be suited midfield wing. He's got the speed. He's got the good line of sight. His kicking is pretty good already, and it's only going to get better. Mm. He's got good tackles, good game awareness. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he does find his home like in that midfield wing type area. I think it would suit mm. it really well. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, he's only played, what, four, three, two, basically two, two and a half games. Mm. And Something he's like shown that, a yeah. lot already. So, yeah, I think I think he's one of those players that could basically play anywhere and do a really good job. But I think, yeah, yeah, I think anywhere on the field he'll do really well. But I do agree. I think midfield he could really, really flourish and dominate around there with Bruin, um, Max Holmes, Close, and all those other guys as well. Could be a pretty potent midfield. Yeah, I, I just think that his skill, when you go and watch him in like his GAA highlights and like his primary, the thing that was so good about him was his ability to connect the defense with the midfield, with the attack, like to take off on attacking runs. And I just wonder, you know, could his footy skills and craft and understanding develop to the point where you have exciting scenarios where like Reese Stanley is winning a tap down to Atkins who's feeding it to Mullen in the middle to burst clear and, and launch us inside 50. Well, um, it might be Toby Conway. Yeah. And he looked, he looked really <laughs> pretty exciting in the VFL, even though we got beaten by the bombers. Um, yeah. He looks pretty exciting. Um, just quickly before we move on to things we want to see um the lions have two players coming back in josh dunkley and callum archie have both been recalled zach bailey and jared lyons are out um bailey with a calf injury lyons just omitted dunkley has been playing in his 15 games this season pretty close to like career best footy if you look at his averages at the dogs, there was one year I was just having a look. One year where he averaged 28 disposals, which is more than his 25.5 this year. Um, this is his best year as far as, as far as clearances per game. Uh, it's his pretty much bang on his career high for contested possessions. The only other year was that 2019 season with the Bulldogs where he was fractionally better. So that, that's a big in for them, a big off-season acquisition obviously, and now returning to the side. So it, I don't know, it's it's a big midfield matchup for the Cats with him and Neil and others. But I know the last couple of weeks with the way the midfield's performed and even the game against Melbourne going back a little bit further, I feel better about our potential ability to, to match it up with one of the best midfields in the competition, Sambo. Yeah, definitely. I think um I think the thing that we've, you know, we we've at least demonstrated consistently for the last say month month or two is that we may mm. not obliterate other teams in the midfield, although we we can. Mm. Um yeah. But we're just so good at scrapping it and just doing doing the the minimum necessary amount to get it to our forward mm. line. Um and I think that's just something that's just it's it's been in 
it's been building and it's been coming, but it's just been that thing that we talk about a lot of the the consistency and the continuity of personnel in that midfield because, you know, and going back to Oshin Mullen, like I think I think Mullen's potential is is limited more by game time with the club at the moment than it is his actual ability. Because especially if you were to put him into the midfield, you know, it's so it's all so instinctive and you all you all need to know each other inside and out and and where you're gonna be before you're there. So being a new player into it, mm. especially a new player to the game, to the country, to the team, <laughs> it it can be you know it can take a while. And you you see saw that I thought a little bit when Mullen came on, um, as the sub is that he was actually getting into really good places. And I'm not saying he he was getting burned, but I just mm. don't think the rest of the team is is looking for him in the way that they would be looking yeah. for. Bruin, yeah, Bo's looking for Bruin and Bruin looking for danger. And, you know, like I think those those players uh, have really built some solid game time together now. Um, and that is a thing that Mullen will have to build into. And it's the thing, but it's the thing that I think gives us a lot of hope against Brisbane is that we've got some continuity in that midfield now. Um, and we may not be a midfield full of superstars, but I think we're a midfield full of full of players with, you know, enough grit and determination to take it up to anyone in in the competition. And I guess that that thing comes down to, you know, either into the ground. And I th- I do think we've got we've got the goods. It's not to say we will turn out the goods, but we have the goods to mm. to to hold them to hold their forwards and to put on a really damaging score over their over their back line. So I think the midfield is really key. Um, so really, we just need to make sure our midfield is at least turning up with that minimum required contest mm. to make it hard for Brisbane. Yep. So we're not we're not just defending all night and hoping to catch them on the counter attack. We've got to make sure we're really putting on the pressure as well. That transitions really nicely in one thing we want to see, and I'll start, and then I'll handball to you, Johnny, um, because just going off what Sam's just said about either end of the ground, one thing I would love to see. We've seen the last couple of weeks the Cats sort of get back to stingy kind of football where they're they're limiting sides. Now, they've obviously played against a weaker forward line in um, North. But, you know, even they've been able – they haven't been conceding those 100-plus scores. Um, Mm. And I think the structure has looked better. But one thing I I think that would be massive to see as we build excitement towards a potential finals campaign – I want to see Jeremy Cameron come out and look like Jeremy Cameron from month one Mm. of the season. I would love a sign if it's this week or next before we hit that legitimate like final month of regular season footy where it's like, oh, yes, here comes Jezza and he's back to his best. Would love him to get an early goal, maybe an early left foot snap set shot, you know, those ones that are basically patented Jeremy Cameron. uh, set shots, hooking back for goals. So that's the one thing I want to see. Jeremy Cameron doesn't have to be like six goals, but if he just got, say, like three, kicks three goals one or something like that and just looks to be moving and getting around and getting involved and, and kicking for goal confidently, just that when he has his chances, he slots them. And, yeah, a three-goal performance from Jeremy Cameron. I would love to see that. Um, mm. What about you, Johnny? What's one thing you want to see? One thing I want to see. It's a tough Just one. Just one. 
Because it's going to say Jeremy Cameron as well. Well, so, I mean, we both definitely. I, want to I can that. go if you want to have a think. Um, no, I'm going to say I'm going to follow your lead, Sam, and I want to see the midfield take it up to Brisbane midfield. I want to see Tanner Bruin really step up and prove against one of a pretty good midfield alongside Dangerfield, Holmes, Atkins, Blitz and Stanley that they, especially Atkins, Bruin and Max Holmes, I really want to see them just dominate Mm. and hunt down the Lions players and not let them do what they do pretty well on a pretty high standard. I want to see um, Dunkley harassed constantly by one of the guys or another player. Mm. I just want to see, yeah, I want to see Atkins, Bruin and Holmes just continue on their good work so far, especially Bruin. I feel like this is a really good test for Bruin. I feel like he's really starting to build really nicely and this is a perfect opportunity to really take another step and not just prove to himself but everyone, every other Cats fan and every other person in other oppositions and whatnot that he is a really top-tier player. And then he could be like an absolute superstar of the future. And I think the, this game is his chance to really step in and go on the next big midfield for the Cats. Look out. Alongside Tom Atkins. And I think them two working together can really, they really blend and gel well together. Because Atkins is a, you know, attacking little bulldog that will hunt them down. And Bruin is, mm. can do that, but you can also get it off Atkins and, use his exquisite skill at looking for players and getting extra time and pin-passing passes. So I think them two together is something I want to see, just working really well and dominating that Brisbane midfield. If if you just look statistically, um, Brisbane currently averaging the most clearances per game out of any team, 42.6 per game. The Cats... Um, are in seventh spot, 37.4 clearances per game. It's interesting to look at. Geelong, more clearances per game than Melbourne, more clearances per game than Collingwood. Um, so, and only 1.3 clearances per game less than Port Adelaide. So the Cats statistically keeping some some good company and aren't too far off the pace. Contested possessions, Brisbane and the Cats, right sort of next to each other. Brisbane slightly more, 137.4 per game. The Cats, 135.9. Two of the teams that have really struggled to get uncontested possession. Um, Geelong currently rank um, 16th and Brisbane 15th. They (laughs) both average around 200 uncontested possessions per game. Uh, The one that I'm really interested in to see if we can take an advantage of is tackles. Brisbane are the worst tackling team in terms of average amount of tackles per game this season, 54.1, worse than North Melbourne, worse than the Suns, Hawthorne, Essendon, Gold Coast, um, to name a few, worse than the Eagles, but then the Eagles get a lot of opportunity to make tackles. Um, The Cats aren't top half of the league, but we are averaging 60.2. We're sort of middle of the table in that category, so I'm just interested to see where whether that's an area that we can um, find an edge 
because uh, we're pretty close in a number of other areas. Sambo, what's one thing you want to see? Uh, well, I mean, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that absolutely beat them up around the contest like you were just talking about. Mm. Um, but <laughs> just <laughs> to, 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 to make them really fear the Geelong tackles. Um, but I, I, the, the thing I want to see is I'd like to see if we're going down to, you know, we've, we've all talked about players, so I'll talk specifically players. I'd love to see DeConning have a really good game. Yeah. Um, and I think he, I think he was quite good last week. I think, I don't think he's been bad. This isn't to say he needs to prove anything to anyone, but as yeah. much as I've said, it's going to be a, it's going to come down to the midfield and, you know, we've got to make sure that our midfield's holding strong. Um, Brisbane are in pretty good front half form especially at home just going back through their fixture yeah. it's been pretty rare all year for brisbane to not kick a hundred plus at home um i only scroll past i think two three games where they kick less than 100 and they still kick like 90 98 um yeah so <laughs> so you know they they put this we, we know they put the scores on they love to bully defenses um and they do it the most at home and so as much as I'd love the midfield to, to stand up, and I think we will, we do know it's going to get down there. We know they're going to get down mm. there. We know they're going to try and pepper us as much as they can. Uh, and I just love to see, I mean, I want, you know, Stewie and everyone to have their nights as well, but I'd love to see SDK have one of those nights where you just, where he just looks like an absolute freak, where he's like doing those, gl those glitching out spoils where you're like, how did he even reach that through that player? And just, um, because I think he's had a bit of a quiet achiever year, which I think is good for him too, um, to just to, to be a, a role player. Uh, but I'd also just love him to have one of those games where, you know, just they just he just frustrates them all night. They just can't mm. find a target and he's he's just everywhere. He's reading the ball, he's not in his head, uh, and he he's just got acting on instinct and, and looking looking like that uh glorious uh god that he was last year. In a, in a lot of games that counted. So that's that's what I'd like to say. I don't talk about him a lot, but it is one of those things I, I thought, I thought he's, he's really had a, a consistent but pretty sort of humble mm. output this year, I think. Like a like he's been been a bit more um, low-key, which I have no problem with, but I'd love to see him be the dominant um, key back. The, the Lions of uh, the last two games combined at the Gabba have kicked 250 points to 88 now that was against the tigers and undermanned tigers and against the west coast eagles but they did then go to the mcg and kick 104 <laughs> against melbourne who's you know is, mm. is a defense that i rate relatively highly yeah. melbourne you wouldn't find too many teams booting 100 plus on the d's um in 2023 so yeah lots of i, I like all those things um and yeah, very much agree about SDK and feels like he's close to getting back mm. to his best. It mm. takes a while to work back after injury, particularly like an injury like that, you know, where you, you've had a fracture or a break or whatever and you're trying to feel confident again going into those packs and taking marks like he was last year. So, yeah, I, th I think, uh, yeah, you've both hit the nail on the head. You've exceptional podcasting, chaps. Exceptional oh, podcasting. Thank you. Thank you. Um, that's it. That is all for the public free part of this podcast, this preview. We're going to go now and make some predictions. And I also want to share with the other chaps um, some interesting numbers that I 
had a look at with Oshin Mullen, just the trend with his disposal in the VFL. Um, so I'll share that with these two chaps and the Patreon subscribers. If you would like to become a Patreon subscriber, it's $3.50 US per month. You get extended versions of the podcasts. You get video versions of all these podcasts. And you also get the VFL coverage of both the men's and women's that I've been doing across the season. I've nearly completed the research work for my VFLW uh, season recap. going to name uh, the Cats' most valuable player of the year, their rookie of the year, and also the most improved. So got a bit of stuff to do there. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Until next time. Go cats! Go cats! Go cats!